Oh boy, oh boy, it is the best time of year. It is time for that national tournament in college basketball that I cannot say the actual name of because of legal purposes. So we're going to call it the national tournament in college basketball, the national championship tournament in college basketball. It has 64 teams, usually 68 teams total if you want to count the plans, but we don't count the plans. It's 64 teams. 64 team team for a 64 team tournament and it starts on Thursday and I'm going to break down the tournament from basically game by game I'm not big game by game I'm going to I'm going to go through I'm going to do some chalk ups you know what I mean some teams that I think should just win handily and then I'll talk about some upsets that I have down and stuff like that and uh yeah let's get it started let's get it going first up we're going to go from west to south to midwest down to east so Starting off, first in the West bracket, our first game on the bracket, the number one overall seed, take uh, Gonzaga taking on the 16 seed Georgia State. Chalk, Gonzaga, going to win that game, I think. Not really worried about that pick at all. Chet Holmgren, Drew Timmy, too good for that team, for the uh, for the Georgia State Panthers. So I'm going uh, Gonzaga to win that one handily. Next up, we have Memphis taking on Boise State. I have Memphis in that game. A little bit of an upset if you still count the 8 and 9s as upsets, even though they're basically interchangeable. I have the uh, Memphis, Memphis Grit, not Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis, the Memphis Tigers, excuse me, Memphis Tigers winning that game. Uh, here's why. A little more, a uh, little more even as a team, better adjusted offensive efficiency than the Boise State Broncos, 110.9 adjusted offensive efficiency for Memphis, 43rd in the country. They're a fast-paced team, 70.5 possessions per game. That's 31st in the country. They get a ton of offensive rebounds, 37.7% offensive rebound percentage, which is fifth in the country. So um, I like Memphis just a little bit more in that game, mainly because of that, a little more evened out, a little more balanced team than Boise State, I would say, from top to bottom. Boise State's probably, it's definitely a better defensive team. Uh, They have an adjusted defensive efficiency of 92.1, which is 17th in the country. And they hold opponents opponents to offensive rebound percentage of 21.9, which is fifth in the country. So if they can limit Memphis to getting offensive rebounds and getting those second chances, then Boise State definitely has a chance and they could definitely move on in that game. But for now, I am going with Memphis. Moving on, the next game in the west side of the bracket, we got UConn versus New Mexico State. I got number five, UConn, the fifth seed, UConn beating New Mexico State, the 12th seed. No 12-5 matchup or upset here, excuse me. Um, UConn, very solid defensive team, adjusted defensive uh, efficiency of 94.6, 35th in the country in that mark. They're also a pretty solid offensive team when adjusted to efficiency, 113.9, 21st in the country. They don't really have anything that jumps out at you on defense, or excuse me, on offense. Um, their defense is solid all the way around. Their field goal percentage, uh, they limit the opponent opposing teams on field goal percentage to 42.8%, which is fifth in the country. And they also limit uh, three-point attempts from opposing teams to 32.6% in the country. That's 34th in the country. Um, they also have a ton of blocks per game. Leading the second, excuse me, second in the NCAA with six and a half blocks per game. I think it'll be too much for New Mexico State to overcome. They New Mexico State does play slow, 66.2 possessions per game. Middle of the pack on both offense and defense. So I don't think they really have that piece that could really knock out uh, UConn and come away with the 12-5, the typical 12-5 upset. I just don't see it happening. 
Next up, number four, Arkansas taking on number 13, Vermont, 13-seeded Vermont. This is the first upset I have, technically. Well, not technically, actually. If you count the 8-9 upset, then Memphis is the first upset. But the first big upset I have is this one. Vermont, the Catamounts from Vermont moving on, upsetting the Arkansas Razorbacks. I have that one down. We'll see what happens. Um, Vermont, American East champs, slow pace, 65 possessions per game, which is 288th in the country. They can kind of play how they want to. Their average offensive efficiency is 110.8, which is 45th in the country. Average defensive efficiency of 97.7. That's 74th in the country. Uh, They have a turnover percentage of just 14.9%, which is 15th in the country. They do not turn the ball over a lot. And the big thing here, they do not allow opponents to get offensive rebounds. Uh, They're first in the country in offensive rebound percentage. Opponent Holding opponents' uh, offensive rebound percentage at 18.7%. That is first in the country, so they're very solid at that. They're great at shooting inside the arc, 58.9% uh, from shooting with inside the arc. Uh, they're fourth in, in expected field goal percentage of 57.3%. They shoot the three ball pretty good, 36.8% from three. So a pretty solid team all the way around. Their defense slips just a little bit, but I think it'll be enough to upset the Arkansas Razorbacks for our first upset of the tournament or first big upset of the tournament next next up number six seeded alabama taking on number 11 rutgers slash notre dame depending on how that game went i have so it's confusing a little bit the play-in game happens on tuesday i have notre dame winning that game um if they win that game against rutgers i have notre dame going on and beating um alabama in that game but If Rutgers wins that game in the play-in game, I have Alabama winning that game. So, just to recap, Rutgers, if they win, Alabama wins in the first-round matchup. If Notre Dame wins, I have Notre Dame beating Alabama to move on to the next round, if that makes sense. Our second upset, big upset of the the first round, the round of 64. Uh, Notre Dame, slow team, 65.8 possessions per game. That's 250th in the country, an average offensive efficiency of 112 uh 112 which is 30th in the country average defensive adjusted defensive efficiency of 98.3 which is 83rd in the country um they don't have a whole lot that really sticks out entirely they're just a pretty solid balanced team overall i'd say they have a 54 percent effective field goal percentage at 28th in the country a 37.7 percent three-point percentage which is 19th in the country um, they have a bad free throw rate, 27.6% free throw rate, which is 263rd, but they make the free throws when they get there, 75.9% free throw percentage, which is 43rd in the country. They're efficient in half court and transition on offense, uh, 594 transition efficient uh, expected field goal percentage, that is 90th in the in, in 90th percentile, uh, 53.4 non-transition effective field goal percentage, that is in the 91st percentile in the country don't give up they don't give up a whole lot of attempts at the rim but they do give up points when they do give up those attempts 30.5 percent field goal attempts at the rim which is in the 91st percentile on defense but a 59.9 percent field goal percentage at the rim which is at the 38 38th percentile uh they have three double digit scores blake blake wesley dane goodwin and paul atkinson and i think notre dame can get it done with alabama alabama's been slipping a little bit so i think notre dame gets the job done in that game moving on to the next one we have texas tech versus montana state this one will be chalk 
I'm sorry, Montana State fans, to the Montana State fans listening out there. This one's chalk. Texas Tech, one of the best defensive teams in the in the country, if not the best defensive uh, team in the country. They rank number one in adjusted defensive efficiency, 85.1, and they're in the 90th percentile or above in basically every defensive metric. Uh, they don't shoot the ball that well. Texas Tech doesn't shoot the ball that well. Uh, 31.4%, three-point percentage, which is 282nd in the country, uh, and also a three, uh, 34.4% three-point rate, which is 256th in the country. They do get to the rim a lot. 40% of uh, field goal attempts are at the rim, which is in the 78th percentile. And then uh, 65.6% field goal percentage at the rim, which is 94th percentile. And uh, they have a 63% transition expected field goal efficiency, which is in the 99th percentile. So they like to get out on uh, on the court and run run in transition. They do, uh, they do slow down the game just a little bit. Uh, probably more so than most teams would like. 66.5 possessions per game, which is 212th in the country. But like I said, that defensive efficiency, 85.1, first in the country. I think they probably roll Montana State. Sorry, Montana State fans. Not really. But unfortunately, I think your season comes to an end here. Hopefully they prove me wrong, though. That'd be cool. Montana State can upset Texas Tech. I'd be impressed, and I'd love to be proven wrong. Next up, in the West, Michigan State taking on Davidson. Another upset here. I have Davidson beating Michigan State. Davidson can really shoot the lights out. They're a very solid offensive team. Uh, one of the slowest teams in the country as well. 64.6 possessions per game, which is 311th in the country. They have an adjusted offensive efficiency of 117.6, which is 10th in the country. Their defense does slip a little bit and adjusted defensive efficiency of 102.4, which is 163rd in the country. They limit turnovers and opponent offensive rebounds, though. 14.9% turnover percentage, which is 16th in the country. And uh, they... Uh, have a 22.4% opponent offensive rebound percentage, which is 11th in the country. They don't get to the rim too often, but convert a lot when they're there. 32.4% of attempts at the rim, which is 16th in the 16th percentile, and 66.6% field goal percentage at the rim, which is in the 96th percentile. They could shoot the lights out, though. Basically, anywhere in the gym is in range for Davidson. Um, 38.6% three-point percentage. That is 7th in the country. A 40.8 three-point rate, which is 105th in the country. So they they don't shoot a lot of overall, a lot of threes, but when they do, they make a lot of them. Uh, they have a 55.9 effective field goal percentage overall, which is 11th overall. And they have a 54.5 two-point percentage, which is 31st overall. So solid team Davidson has. Um, Michigan State, they like to shoot a bunch of jumpers. They have a 30.8% of attempts come outside of the rim or came out of the rim, which is in the 7th percentile. So they like to shoot more outside of um, outside of that rimmed area where the bucket is. <laughs> so they like to shoot jump shots, mid-rangers, and three-pointers. Um, they're in the seventh percentile there. They have a 37.8 three-point percentage, which is 18th in the country. Still pretty good. Uh, and an, an average offensive efficiency of a 111.2, which is 38th, and a defensive efficiency of 50, uh, excuse me, 96.4, which is 53rd in the country. So I have Davidson upsetting that one upsetting in that one so we're going to move down the bracket in the west and go all the way to the last four game last four whoever i see coming out of that west section so from gonzaga versus memphis i have gonzaga in that game again chet holmgren drew timmy too much i have them winning that game yukon versus vermont vermont i think vermont gets it done i think it's a tough matchup for yukon i think vermont can shoot where yukon can't really defend and i think vermont will get it done there 
They move on to take on Gonzaga. And then I have Texas Tech taking on uh, Rutgers slash Notre Dame. I'm thinking Notre Dame here. And um, even if it's against Alabama, I have Texas Tech winning this game. And then Duke taking on Davidson. I have Duke winning that game. And that is the uh, that is the round of 32. Moving on to the round of 16 of those teams. Gonzaga taking on Vermont. Unfortunately, Catamounts fans, this is where it ends, I think. Gonzaga wins that game. And then um, Texas... Texas Tech takes on Duke, and I think Duke wins that game. Too much offensive firepower for Texas Tech to handle, and I think Duke can probably win that one relatively handily if Texas Tech doesn't just lock them down like we've seen them do before. So, But I do think Duke probably wins that game. And then after that, that's our, our uh, round of 16. We have our round of 8 out of the West, and it's Gonzaga versus Duke. Chalk. It's going to taste bad. It's chalky. I'm going Gonzaga. Gonzaga into the last four um, last four teams, Gonzaga is our first team in the last four. I'm so used to saying that other word, the one that makes up, or the other two words that makes up the um, last four teams. You know what I'm talking about? I can't say it legally. Thank you, NCAA. So I'm trying to catch myself as much as I can. But we're going to move over to the south section of the bracket now, starting with number one, Arizona, taking on either Wright State or Bryant. Doesn't matter in my opinion. I think Wright State walk, or excuse me, not Wright State. Arizona uh, walks it with this one. Probably the second best team in the country. Arizona, they're not a joke. They're um, they blew out Wyoming earlier earlier in the season, and they basically kind of kept that momentum for the rest of the year. Um, go toe to toe with um, with um, Arizona with the Gonzaga as far as best team in the country goes. So I'm going uh, Arizona in that one. Next up, we have Seton Hall versus TCU. Seton Hall, pretty solid defensive team, average defensive uh, efficiency, excuse me, adjusted defensive efficiency of 93.5, 26th in the country. Great team, not a very good offensive team, uh, 47.6 effective field goal percentage on offense, that's 281st in the country. They allow a 45.4 effective field goal percentage, which is 17th in the country. Um, they allow nothing at the rim on defense, 48.8% field goal percentage at the rim, which is in the 100th percentile. The highest you can get, the 100th percentile, 48.8% field goal percentage at the rim. Um, and they're good at half-court defense. And um, they only have one double-digit score on offense, but I think it's enough. They got a pretty lucky pull in TCU. TCU's not the best team. They kind of match up similarly to Seton Hall. Um, but Seton Hall's one double-digit score is Jared, uh, Jared Roden, who has a 15.9 points per game and 41.1%, two points inside the arc field goal percentage. Uh, TCU, similar team, average defensive, um, excuse me, adjusted defensive efficiency, ADE and AOE. That's what I'm going to start calling it. Adjusted offensive efficiency, adjusted defensive efficiency is AOE and ADE, ADE from now on, okay? So I don't have to keep saying it. Um, 93.3 ADE from TCU. That's 24th in the country. They match up almost exactly the same. Um, an AOE of 108.2, which is 80th in the country for TCU and a 108.5 AOE for Seton Hall, which is 75th in the country. It is mere decimal points where these teams um, kind of change. TCU does turn the ball over a lot, which, you know, Seton Hall being a defensive team, they will thrive on that. 21.6% turnover rate, 336th in the country. One of the best offensive rebounding teams TCU is in the country, though. 300, or excuse me, 37.9% offensive rebound percentage. That is third in the country. TCU is a bad free throw shooting team, though, and uh, they don't shoot the ball well overall. Regardless, they have a 66.8% uh, 
free throw percentage, 300, 324th in the country, not good. And um, they shoot from th- behind, uh, the, behind the arc 30.4%, which is 320th in the country. Uh, they score a lot by getting to the rim. Um, they're in the 85th percentile of getting in the rim and scoring, yada, yada, yada. Seton Hall, I think, takes this one uh, better, a little better offensively and similar defensively. So I'm going to go TCU, but, or excuse me, Seton Hall, but I would not be surprised if TCU walked away with this one as well. Uh, next up, we have Houston versus UAB. Houston, super slow, but highly efficient. 64 possessions per game, 329th in the country in that mark. This is this Houston team is one of the best teams in the country. A fifth seed, a five seed for this team is kind of a slap in the face. Um, they have an AOE of 117.2, which is 11th in the country, and then a uh, ADE of 91.4, which is 12th in the country. They were in and out one of the best teams in the country, bar none. Uh, force, they force a lot of turnovers, 21.6% forced turnover rate, which is 31st in the country. And uh, they're the best offensive rebounding team in the country. Um, 37.9% offensive rebound percentage, which is number one. Uh, They're very bad at free throw shooting. That will be their Achilles heel. Uh, They shoot 66.8% from the free throw line at a 28.6% free throw rate. Um, So not a good free throw shooting team. That is their only real Achilles heel that I was able to notice when I was looking at all the stats and breaking it down and everything. but they limit a lot of scoring, but can get into foul trouble as well on defense. 43.5% uh, allowed effective field goal percentage, which is third in the country. So good, solid defensive team. And Houston should be able to roll over UAB. And I have Houston winning this game handily. No 12-5 matchup here. They continue. Okay, moving on, we have three-seeded Illinois out of the South, taking on number 14-seeded Chattanooga. I have Illinois winning this one pretty handily as well. Uh, Illinois, pretty complete team. Adjusted offensive efficiency of 113.7 and adjusted defensive efficiency of 94.1. That's 23rd and 31st in the country, respectively. Um, They don't do anything that's outstanding on defense. They're just highly efficient when they do it. They shoot the three ball pretty good, 36.7% from three, and an effective field goal percentage of 53.1%. Um, they're not a great free throw shooting team, 70.8% from uh, from the free throw line, um, but their defense is pretty solid at limiting two-pointers inside the arc, 45.4% inside the arc. That's 28th in the country, and they limit teams in an effective field goal percentage of 46.3%, and that is 30th in the country. They also have one of the best players in the country, Kofi Cockburn, uh, he averages 21.1 points per game, 10.6 rebounds per game. He's a matchup nightmare, seven-footer, 59.8% um, shooter from inside the arc, and just overall, he hasn't taken a single three this season, um, but almost 60% inside the arc, and he's a matchup nightmare for basically anybody who goes up against him. But they also have a pretty lights-out shooter in Alfonso Plummer. He shoots 46, or excuse me, 41.3% from behind the arc. So a good kick out for Kofi Cockburn if he does get double teamed or something like that. So I have Illinois winning this game and um, moving on to the next round, the round of 32. Next, we have number six, Colorado State taking on number 11, Michigan. This is a popular upset uh, upset pick. I don't see it. I see Colorado State walking away with a W here. uh, Michigan is a popular pick for a lot of people, a lot of analysts and stuff like that. But I'm going Colorado State. I think David Roddy. Uh, Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. I think he gets it done. 
Um, Colorado State is a pretty solid offensive team, an adjusted offensive efficiency of 114.2. That's 19th in the country. Um, they don't turn the ball over that much, and they limit offensive rebounds and stuff like that. Um, they're good at shooting the ball inside the arc, 56.3% inside the arc percentage. Uh, they shoot the free they shoot free throws pretty well, and they have an effective field goal percentage of 55.2. So I see Colorado State walking away with this one. The only thing that could be a problem for Colorado State on Michigan is Hunter Dickinson. He's seven foot one. He could be a matchup problem for them, and he can shoot the three ball relatively well, thirty one percent three point shooter. Um, but he shoots the ball inside the arc really well, sixty percent three point or excuse me two point shooter, and um, he's very solid on that end of the floor. I just think uh, Michigan's been a little rocky towards the end of the season. Uh, stuff with Jawan Howard and things like that. It's been very win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss, and. Um, I see Colorado State walking away with a W in that one. Next up, we have Tennessee, three-seeded Tennessee, taking on 14-seeded Longwood. Tennessee, very solid defensively, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Third in adjusted defensive efficiency at 86.7. They force a decent amount of turnovers, 23.1% forced turnover ratio, excuse me, percentage. Um, That's 15th in the country. And then they get a decent amount of offensive rebounds and stuff like that, stuff like that on offense too. Um, they limit two pointers inside the arc on defense, forty six percent inside the arc, um, holding teams to forty six percent inside inside the arc. That's thirty fourth in the country. And then um, an effective field goal percentage. They're holding teams to forty six point five percent, which is thirty fifth in the country. I have Tennessee winning that game um, relatively handily. Next up, we have. Number seven, Ohio State, taking on number 10, Loyola, Chicago. This is an interesting matchup. Um, I have an upset here. I'm thinking Loyola, Chicago can pull this one off. Um, The reason being Loyola, Chicago, pretty solid defensive team, an okay offensive team, but on defense, they have a 93.2 defensive efficiency, 22nd in the country. The thing that helps them a lot on offense more than anything, they can shoot the lights out from three um, 38% three-point shooting team, which is 16th in the country, and they have a 43.1% uh, three-point rate. So they shoot the ball a lot, and they're making a lot of them. And on defense, they can limit two-pointers. They limit three-pointers. They're good at effective um, holding effective field goal percentage down and stuff like that. So I think Loyola Chicago can walk away with a victory in this one. Ohio State is no slouch, though. Um, they're a good offense, a very solid offense. Um, an effective, excuse me, an adjusted offensive efficiency of 116.6. So, you know, kind of pick your poison here. I'm th- I'm leaning Loyola though. Um, they have a, uh, Ohio State has a, an effect, a field goal percentage at the rim of 67 and a half, which is a uh, 60 and 67 and a half percent field goal percentage, which is in the 97th percentile. But, uh, Ohio State has been kind of on a, uh, on a downturn recently. They've lost four out of their last five. and um, Loyola's kind of been on a, a bit of a tear, one three in a row, and um, five out of their last six. So I'm going Loyola, Chicago to pull off the upset here. Uh, ten, number ten seed beating a seven seed. Next, so that's that's it. Uh, that's it for the South. Excuse me. So not into the Midwest yet. That's it for the South. Um, we have Villanova beating Delaware, obviously a two seed beating a fifteen seed. Chalk, like I said. So we're gonna break it down again, like we did last time with the West. Break it all the way down to the last four team. The, fi- the, the final team out of the South. So we're going to go from the top. Arizona taking on Seton Hall in the round of 32. I have Arizona in that one. Chalk as well. Seton Hall's good defensively, but I don't think they're good enough defensively 
to hold on to Arizona and especially not offensively. Um, Houston taking on Illinois. Houston, a smaller team. This one's a tough one. Five-seeded Houston taking on four-seeded Illinois. I have Houston written down, but this is a toss-up. Illinois has Kofi Cockburn. He is a matchup nightmare, like I said. Houston's very solid defensively, though. Um, I'm leaning Houston here. I put Houston down, so we're going to stick with Houston. I think this is the year they can kind of get over the hump. They've struggled in past years kind of getting over the hump as one of the better teams in the country, but I think they get it done here and beat Illinois and get into that round of 16 against Arizona. Uh, Moving on, Colorado State taking on Tennessee. I think Tennessee wins this one. They're a better team defensively than Michigan is, um, and that's who Colorado State beat before, who I think Colorado State will beat before, and I think Tennessee will beat Colorado State in um, in this matchup, better defensively all the way around, and I think they can hold on and uh, beat Colorado State offensively and defensively, defensively on both sides of the ball. Moving on, Loyola Chicago taking on number two seeded Villanova. Loyola Chicago, good team, can shoot the lights out. That puts them in pretty much any matchup, but... Villanova, they're very solid at shooting free throws, um, and they're a solid offensive team overall and a good defensive team. So I think Villanova wins that game, even though it'll probably be closer than a lot of think a lot of people think. Um, but I'm going Villanova to take on uh to beat Loyola Chicago and take on Tennessee in the round of 16. So round of 16 time for the West, or excuse me, the South. Um, Arizona taking on Houston. Arizona wins in that one, I think. Too much firepower for Arizona. Um against Houston, and I don't think Houston will be able to keep up, so I have Arizona winning that one, and then Tennessee versus Villanova, kind of the same situation. Tennessee, a very solid defensive team, like I said, but Villanova, I think, wins that one because of their offensive power, offensive firepower, and their ability to shoot free throws, so it'll be Arizona and Villanova in the final eight, and um, in the round of eight in in the south, and uh, I have Arizona winning that one. Arizona, again, too much firepower. Wyoming fans know um, Arizona has a lot of firepower, and they can if they get hot, they can beat basically anybody in this tournament, bar none. So I have Arizona winning that one and moving on to the last four teams. So our last four teams so far, Gonzaga, Arizona, Chalky. I know it probably doesn't taste very good, but that's what I have, okay? Even though it is Chalky, I get it. Okay, moving on to the Midwest. Down a peg on the uh, on the bracket here. Midwest, first seeded Kansas taking on Texas Southern. Kansas. Chalk, I think. Kansas is probably the only team that I'm a little bit nervous about. Um, especially early on. They haven't sh- they have not been very good recently, um, offensively or defensively defensively. I don't think a 16 seed upsets Kansas by any means, but it, you know, maybe a little nerve wracking. Um, so I'm going Kansas that first game, the one seed beating the 16 seed and moving on to the round of 32. Um, next, we have number eight seeded San Diego State taking on number nine seeded Creighton. If you love defense and love the way the game was played back in the old days, this is the game for you. Both are very stout defensive teams. San Diego State, one of the best defensive teams in the country, but they're bad on offense. An average, uh, an adjusted offensive efficiency of uh, 104.1, which is 158th in the country, and adjusted defensive efficiency of 85.9, which is second in the country. So. If you are a fan of defense, then this is the game for you because Creighton, very similar team, 92.1 adjusted defensive efficiency, which is 18th in the country, and an average offensive efficiency of 124, uh, excuse me, 105.6. That is 124th in the country. So solid defenses on both sides. I am leaning Creighton, 
Creighton just a tad, I think. Um, I think San Diego State, they play a lot of man. It'd be different if they're playing zone because zone is very difficult to play against in this tournament. But I think Creighton might be able to outlast San Diego State in this game. In this game, um, I think San Diego State's offensive efficiency is just not good enough um, to beat this team. They rely heavily on Matt Bradley, who's the only double-digit scorer on this team. He averages 17 a game, and um, if Creighton can, if Creighton can shut them down, shut him down, and um, probably move on to the next to the next round. So I have Creighton winning this game, um, winning this game in a low-scoring affair for sure. Uh, next, we have number five, Iowa, five-seeded Iowa taking on number 12, Richmond. No 5-12 upset here. No 12-5 upset here. Going Iowa. Chalk it up. Um, Iowa, one of the best offensive teams in the country. 121.8 uh, adjusted offensive efficiency, uh, efficiency. That is second in the country. They do not turn the ball over very often. 13.1% turnover percentage. So you have to make every possession count if you're the opposing team. Um they don't do a lot great on defense, but they will beat you just by offense. It won't matter. Uh, they have a 50, 53.7 effective field goal percentage on offense. Um, they shoot the ball pretty well from three, a 37.1% three-point percentage. So Iowa moving on to the next round. No 12-5 here. They also have one of the best teams, best players in the country, 23.6 points per game in Keegan Murray. He also averages 8.6 rebounds per game, and he shoots 62% from the floor. Uh, inside the arc and 40.5% from three. So um, going Iowa here, Keegan Murray, they've also been on fire. They just won the Big Ten and uh, won, five, won four in a row to win the Big Ten. And um, before that, they'd lost Illinois by just one point. But even before that, they had won, I think it was eight out of their last nine. So Iowa kind of have been on a hot streak. I'm going Iowa here. I don't think Richmond can pull it off against Iowa. So we're moving on with Iowa. Next game on the list, we have... Providence, four-seeded Providence taking on South Dakota State. I'm thinking I might have a bit of a location bias, maybe, because I'm going South Dakota State here. Yeah, Providence probably a little highly, um, a little too highly seeded. They have a 32nd ranked uh, adjusted offensive efficiency and a 79th adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, they've been struggling a little bit of recently. Lost two out of their last three. Got blown out in uh, in one of the in their one of their conference games, um, conference tournament games against Creighton, eighty five to fifty eight. Blown out in that game. Um, and I think South Dakota State can pull off the the upset because South Dakota State is one of the best offenses in the country. They have not lost since they lost to Missouri State a long time ago. I don't have a date for you exactly, but it's been forever. They've won. 15 plus in a row, 10 plus in a row, something like that. And they shoot the lights out uh, a 59.7 effective field goal percentage. That is first in the country. And uh, they shoot from three behind the arc, the lights out, literally the lights out 44.2% three point percentage. That is the best in the country as well. They shoot 10% or 10th in the 10th best in the country inside the arc, 56.3%. And then they shoot pretty solid from the free throw line as well. 76 from the free throw line that's 38th in the country the thing that will fault them and they will struggle with is their adjust their defensive efficiency 222nd in the country on adjusted defensive efficiency as a hundred and hundred excuse me 222nd in the country 105.3 is their adjusted defensive efficiency um they give up an effective field goal percentage of 51.5 percent they um they allow a lot of three-pointers a high three-point percentage 35.2 percent 
um, and a high two-point percentage as well, 50.6%. So not great defensively, but I think if you get into a a um, a, um, a um, back-and-forth matchup with South Dakota State, I think South Dakota State can walk away with it pretty handily. Um, like I said, they shoot better than almost everybody in the country um, from three and inside the arc. So I'm going um, South Dakota State in that matchup. Moving on with the upset. Um, that is the, what was that, the 13-4 matchup. So now we have the 6-11 and 11 matchup, LSU versus Iowa State. This is an interesting matchup. LSU just fired their coach on Saturday. There's kind of a bit of a um, controversy going around the LSU campus about certain things about Will Wade, who was their head coach that they fired um, the Saturday before Selection Sunday. So who knows how they're going to handle that personally. Their kids, I don't think they handle it very well. That's a tough thing to just get thrown onto. Um, regardless, they're a very solid defensive team. 88.5 adjusted defensive efficiency. They limit three-pointers, a three-point percentage allowed of 28%, um, an effective field goal percentage allowed of 45.1%. That's 15th in the country. Very solid defense. Um, and they got a pretty good matchup um, in Iowa State, the 11th seed that they're taking on. They're a bad offensive team as well. 104.4 offensive efficiency. That's 151st in the country. Iowa State is good on defense, um, but two defensive heavyweights going against one another. I think I'm going to go with the LSU Tigers, who are a little bit on a uh, on a better roll recently. LSU, or excuse me, um, Iowa State has lost three in a row, and um, and their final ten games this season, they've only had uh, a negative six point eight percent points per possession. So I'm going LSU here, but I don't think their tournament lasts very long after that. But for this game. LSU winning the matchup against Iowa State. Next, Wisconsin against Colgate. Uh, Three-seeded Wisconsin taking on 14-seeded Colgate. This could be an upset. I would not be surprised if Colgate pulled off the victory in this. I'm going Wisconsin strictly because of Johnny Davis on Wisconsin. He is one of the best players in the country. 19.7 points per game, 8.2 rebounds per game. Um, he's shooting 46.9% from inside the arc and 31.1% from outside the arc. Little inefficient, but he's been very solid for this team all season long, and I'm going Wisconsin strictly because of that. Uh, they have that big guy that they can kind of rely on. But Colgate, don't be surprised if they upset this team. Colgate's one of the better shooting teams from behind the arc. That's always a big factor if you look at upsets. 40.1% um, behind the arc, which is second in the country. They have an adjusted offensive efficiency of 108.3. That's 78th in the country, so it's not eye-popping. Um, but they have an effective field goal percentage of 55.9%. That's 12th in the country. Their defense isn't great at slowing every anything down relatively. They, uh, they allow a lot of three-pointers, 33.7% three-point percentage, and a 48.2% um, uh, inside the arc percentage, uh, field goal percentage inside the arc. That's 118th in the country. So I'm going Wisconsin, um, but don't be surprised if Colgate pulls the upset here. They have the the uh, the stats to show that they could do it. So I'm going Wisconsin, but, you know, my teeth are chattering, if you will. Next up, we have USC, the seventh ranked, or the seventh seeded, excuse me, seventh seeded USC Trojans taking on Miami. Um, I have Miami winning this game. USC is pretty solid defensively, um, 49th in the country defensive efficiency. They have a 48th in the country offensive efficiency, 110.5. Um, I'm going Miami here. USC's last three out of the last four. 
Isaiah Mobley didn't play against Pacific, which that, you know, alters their their record a little bit if Isaiah Mobley does play in that game, but I'm going I I'm I'm double thinking now. I'm looking at the stats and stuff like that and I'm I'm kind of kind of doubling back. No, I'm sticking Miami. Number 10 seeded Miami. I think they beat USC. A better adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, 114.8. They have a couple good wins on their record as well. Um, Miami does. They beat uh, NC State, Wake Forest, stuff like that. Florida. uh, No, they lost to Florida State. Excuse me. They dominated North Carolina earlier this season. They beat Virginia Tech. Um, So I I, I see Miami walking away with this one, but this one's going to be a close one. It's kind of a crapshoot, to be honest with you. Um, But. Miami, better offensive team, uh, better shooters inside the arc, 54.8% inside the arc shooters, an effective field goal percentage of 54.2%, and that's 26th in the country. So I'm going Miami. They also have a very solid name on their team, Cameron McGutsy. Wouldn't be college basketball season without a solid name like that. Cameron McGutsy sounds like a name that's going to take over the tournament. So we're going Miami in this matchup. 10 seed upsetting the 7 seed. Next, we have Auburn taking on Jacksonville State. Chalk, uh, Auburn in this one. Auburn, one of the best defensive teams in the country. A pretty solid offensive team as well. Um, but I'm going, and I'm going, uh, I'm going, uh, going Auburn in this game, relatively handily. So, moving on, that is the Midwest side of the bracket. We're going to move down, get our last four team out of this side of the bracket. I have. Kansas taking on Creighton. Kansas wins this game. Creighton can probably hang with Creighton, especially on defense. Or excuse me, Creighton can probably hang with Kansas, excuse me, on defense. Um, but I think Kansas probably has too much firepower to beat, uh, to lose to Creighton. So I'm going Kansas. Next, we have Iowa versus South Dakota State. 13 seed in South Dakota State. South Dakota State can beat anybody. They really can, but... This is where it ends. Iowa's got way too much firepower. They're just as good offensively as South Dakota State, and they are better defensively. So I'm going Iowa, fifth-seeded Iowa, moving on to take on Kansas in the round of 16. And then we have LSU taking on Wisconsin. This is where it ends for LSU. I think there's too much going on around LSU for them to kind of batten down the hatches and beat a guy like um, like Johnny Davis. And um, I think Wisconsin comes away with the victory against LSU. Um in that one, so the three seed beating the six seed to move on to the round of sixteen, and then I have Auburn taking on uh, taking on Miami, and Auburn I think wins this game as well. Too much, too much defensively uh, for Miami to compete with, especially on the offensive side, and they're too too good on uh, Auburn's too good on offense um, to let Miami slow them down. So I'm going Auburn against Wisconsin in the um, in the round of sixteen as well. So moving back up, we have number one seeded Kansas taking on Iowa. I have Iowa in this one. I think Iowa is too good offensively. I think Kansas won't be able to slow them down. I think um, I mean, it'll be a close game, obviously, but I think Kansas uh, Kansas has, has been streaky a little bit, especially as of recent, and I think Iowa wins this game. Wins this game to go to the round of eight, and then I have Wisconsin taking on Auburn, and I have Wisconsin winning this game. Wisconsin beating Auburn. Johnny Davis gets the team passed again. And uh, yeah, I'm going Johnny Davis and Wisconsin to get into the round of eight. So a round of eight, Iowa, fifth seeded Iowa versus number three seeded Wisconsin. And I'm going Iowa again. I think Iowa offensively too good. They're on a roll. They just won the Big Ten over the heavily favored Purdue Boilermakers. And I think Iowa wins this game again. And uh, 
that's that. I think Iowa gets into the last four teams beating Wisconsin, uh, the fifth seed making the that's our first upset pick of the uh, of the the last four teams. I think Iowa makes that last four team. Um, like I said, too good offensively, been pretty solid defensively, on fire right now. Won the uh, won the Big Ten, a heavily heavily loaded Big Ten, and I think Iowa gets to the last four, riding off the heels on that. So moving over to the East now, East side of the bracket. Number one, Baylor. This is a uh, number one Baylor taking on Norfolk State. This is another one you should be nervous about. Um, not entirely nervous, not like teeth chattering, but Baylor's been hurt. Um, they've been very hurt, especially of recently. Um, Norfolk State's not really anything to kind of write home about. They're not the best team, obviously, a 16 seed, so I don't think it's going to happen. But Baylor, they could slip up a little bit. I I would be surprised, but, you know, think about it a little bit when you're making this pick. Baylor's been very injured, um, and I think uh, they, get, they, get, they, they win this game. Baylor wins this game, but we'll see where they are in, you know, the, the week after. Um, in the game after in the round of 32. Next, we have Marquette, eight-seeded North Carolina taking on Marquette. I have Marquette winning this game. Um, North Carolina is pretty solid offensively, adjusted offensive efficiency of 113. That's 27th in the country. They're a fast-paced team. They love to, to run at their own pace. 70.2 possessions per game. That's 38th in the country. Uh, they're adjusted defensive efficiency of 97. That's 64th in the country. Uh, North Carolina is pretty solid. This is a pretty even 8-9 matchup. You can can't really go wrong either way unless you put money down. Then you can definitely go wrong either way. Um, but I have Marquette getting by. Their defense is probably a little bit better than North Carolina. They run at about the same pa- the same pace on offense, seventy point seven possessions per game, and uh, that's twenty sixth in the country for Marquette. Um, but I think their defense is a little bit better, and I think Marquette can kind of get away with a victory here. Um, plus, Marquette has two wins. Uh, three wins, excuse me, three wins and uh, three quadrant one wins. That's not an easy thing to do. And I think Marquette kind of gets away with one here and uh, walks away with the victory. So a little bit of an upset, but I think Shaka Smart and Marquette get away with the victory against North Carolina. Nine seed upset versus an eight seed. Moving on, this is one that the, the fans will be listening for if, you know, if... Wyoming does make it to the next round. I don't think it'll matter, to be honest. Either team playing here, I think they got a tough draw in uh, five-seeded St. Mary's. This is one of the better teams, especially defensively, in the country. Um, St. Mary's does not mess around on defense. They have an 89.9 just defensive efficiency. That's ninth in the country. Um, They're a pretty decent three-point shooting team, 35.1% from three. They do not allow offensive rebounds on the the defensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball uh, a 21.9% opponent offensive rebound percentage. That's fourth best in the country on defense. They, uh, they hold um They hold teams from shooting free throws. They're pretty decent uh, against two point, uh, two point percentage, two point shots as well. And then they don't allow a lot of three point shots either. So I'm going St. Mary's here. St. Mary's also put off, uh, made a very big win. They pulled off a very big win against Gonzaga earlier this year. And um, that was more recently than it was later. So I'm going St. Mary's here either against Indiana or Wyoming. I don't think Wyoming or Indiana has the firepower to pull off an upset against St. Mary's. So St. Mary's moves on in uh, in this matchup. Next up, we have UCLA versus Akron. UCLA, one of the better teams in this in this tournament as well. Kind of underrated, similar to um, to Houston. Houston's a five seed, I knew. I know UCLA is a four seed. UCLA was the number one ranked team coming into the season, and uh, they're probably a little underranked here, to be honest. Um, they have an adjusted offensive efficiency 
of 116.1. That's 14th best in the country and 91.2 adjusted defensive efficiency. That's 11th best in the country. They have one of the best players in the country on their team and Johnny Juzang. Um, he made his statement last year in the tournament. He, uh, he averages 16 points per game this year. Um, UCLA is a very solid team, man. They don't turn the ball over very often. 13.4 turnover percentage. And they're a pretty solid all-around team. Their defense, you know, nothing stands out, but they're pretty balanced. Um, they don't allow a lot of three-pointers. 32.2% three-point percentage. That's 95th best in the country. Um, nothing really explodes off your eye. Um, but they're a good team, uh, you know, in efficiency and on offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. So I think they beat the old Akron Zips here, and I think they move on to the next round. Next, six Texas taking on six seeded Texas taking on eleven seeded Virginia Tech. I have another upset here. This will be a tough matchup for Texas, and I, honestly, for Virginia Tech, this one could go either way. I would not be surprised if Texas walks away with a victory here. Texas, coached by Chris Beard, one of the better coaches in recent memory, especially for, um, I mean, obviously the past three years, to, who previously coached at Texas Tech. He's a very solid defensive coach, and um, Texas on defense shows that. They're affected the adjusted defensive efficiency of 91.4. as 13th best in the country. They force a ton of turnovers, 23.3 turnover percentage. That's 14th best in the country. Um, and their, uh, their defense forces um, a decent amount of bad two-point shots, 46.1% inside the arc shooting percentage. That's 37th best in the country. And they have an effective field goal percentage, uh, allow an effective field goal percentage of 46.6, which is 38th in the country. Um, so Texas is solid, but Virginia Tech, they're hot. Texas have lot, they dropped their uh, last three in a row, falling to TCU in the conference tournament game as well. Um, and then they previously lost to Kansas and then Baylor, um, and then had to win a nail biter against West Virginia. So I think Texas is solid, but Virginia Tech, super hot right now. Won a gauntlet of an ACC, went through Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and then finally Duke to win the ACC and, and get into the tournament. They're an 11 seed right now. They're a solid offensive team, 114.3 adjusted offensive efficiency. That's 18th in the country. They shoot very well behind the three-point line, 39.3% from behind the arc. That's fourth best in the country. And they have an effective field goal percentage of 55.2. That is 20th in the country. So. Virginia Tech, I'm going, I'm riding the hot hand here. I think they uh, they beat Texas off of the hot hand and shooting very well at the moment as well. So going Virginia Tech to upset the number six Texas Longhorns. Next up, we have number three seeded Purdue taking on Ivy League College, 14 seeded Yale. I have number three Purdue going on and winning this game. Purdue, arguably the best offense in the country. Um, they have an adjusted offensive efficiency of 122. That is first in the country. Their defense slips a little bit. 99.3 adjusted defensive efficiency. That's 102nd in the country. Um, they get a lot of offensive rebounds off the offensive class. 34.8% offensive rebound percentage. That's 13th best in the country. And they limit opponent offensive rebounds with a 23.6 opponent offensive rebound percentage. That is 30th in the country. On offense as a whole, and a very solid effective field goal percentage of 57.3%. That's third in the country, and they shoot the lights out as well. 39.5, 3-point percentage, um, and that is third in the country as well. And they also shoot 56.1% from inside the arc, and that is 13th in the country. Um, So, very solid offensive team. 
one of the best in the country, not one that will slip up, I think, against um, against the uh, for the who are they? 14 seeded Yale, excuse me, against 14 seeded Yale. I don't think that'll happen. Um, so I got Purdue moving on to the next round. And then finally, um, no, excuse me, second to last, the penultimate game in the East. Seven seeded Murray State taking on San Francisco. San Francisco, kind of an underdog, uh, a sleeper, if you will. But so is San Francisco, or excuse me, Murray State. Murray State is very good. Um, they're thirty and two on the season. They only lost to they lost to Auburn and ETSU earlier in the season. They are on, on a crazy streak right now. Um, they have a very good offense, adjusted offensive efficiency of one eleven point five, at its thirty fifth best in the country, and a ninety five point one defensive efficiency, which is fortieth in the country. They get a lot of offensive rebounds, an offensive rebound percentage of thirty five point five. So. A very solid offense in Murray State. An effective field goal percentage of uh, 52.9%. That is 52nd in the country. And a fit in an inside-the-arc percentage of uh, 53.5% field goal percentage inside the three-point line. That's 48th in the country. Their defense slips a little bit. Um, just a little bit. They're still a very solid defensive team. A 95.1 adjusted defensive efficiency for their team. That's 40th in the country. They are good at defending the three-point line. 30.1% from three opponent opponents are 30.1% from three against them. That is 24th best in the country for Murray state. So I think Murray state moves on beating San Francisco here. Um, but San Francisco could definitely pull it off. One of the better defensive teams in the country. They also limit a lot of three pointers and they're good at limiting effective field goal percentage at 46.9. That's 41st in the country. Um, they hold, they limit offensive rebounds pretty well. 23.8 opponent re offensive rebound percentage, the 33rd best in the country. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I think Murray State sneaks away with one here, but San Francisco could pull one out. Wouldn't be surprised, but I am going with Murray State. And then finally, Kentucky, two-seated Kentucky taking on St. Peter's. I am going Kentucky here. Um, Kentucky's got one of the best players in the country. In Oscar Shibway, he is the odds-on favorite to win the National College Basketball Player of the Year. Um, he's going to be too much for St. Peter's, without a doubt. So I think they move on to the round of 32. So moving on to the moving down with the East again, all the way to the last four, we have Baylor taking on one-seeded Baylor taking on nine-seeded Marquette. I have Baylor sneaking away with a victory here as well, even though Baylor is injured. Marquette, I don't think, has enough offensively to get away with a victory over Baylor. So I got Baylor in that one. Uh, UCLA, four-seeded UCLA taking on St. Mary's, who is a fifth seed. I think UCLA wins that one. This one will probably be close. Um, St. Mary's, again, very solid defensive team, but I think Johnny Juzang and the offense of UCLA, too balanced for St. Mary's, and I think UCLA walks away with that one as well. Virginia Tech taking on Purdue. 11-seeded Virginia Tech taking on three-seeded Purdue. I have Virginia Tech in this one. Um, I think Virginia Tech stays hot. They're riding one heck of a wave of heat right now uh, into this tournament, and they're shooting the lights out. I think Purdue, they just fell to Iowa in a bad loss in the Big Ten Championship one. They should have probably won, um, and I think Virginia Tech can use that to their advantage. They shoot the lights out. They're a better defensive team than Purdue is, and I think Virginia Tech wins this game uh, moving on to the round of 16. And then finally, uh, the final game of the round of 32 here in the East, I think Kentucky beats Murray State. Again, Oscar Shibway, uh, too much for Murray State, especially defensively. Um, he's a matchup nightmare. The guy is averaging 17 points per game, 15.2 rebounds per game, 1.6 blocks per game, 1.8 steals per game. 
the guy's a monster. He's shooting 60% from th- from uh, from inside the arc. He doesn't shoot outside the arc very much, but he is a monster, and um, he's going to win player of the year. So I think he's too much for Murray State in the round of 32. So we move on to the final 16. The last 16 teams here. We got Baylor versus UCLA. One-seeded Baylor versus UCLA. I have four-seeded UCLA here beating Baylor. I think the injuries, if they are, um, not as severe, but more effective than, than they're letting on. I think UCLA walks away with the victory in this one, beating Baylor. Um, Johnny Juzang back in the, in the, um, in the final eight again. And I think, um, I think UCLA again, too balanced for this Baylor team to kind of make up for the injuries that they're having and the issues that they're having, um, on their team. So I'm going UCLA in this one with an upset and then Kentucky versus Virginia tech, um, Kentucky here, Virginia tech, might be shooting hot hand, but I think Kentucky um, has too much talent. And again, Oscar Shibway, too good for Virginia Tech to slow down. I think Kentucky wins this game, um, beating Virginia Tech and knocking the Cinderella team out of the final 16. So we have our um, final eight here, um, one of our, or two of our final eight here. Number four, UCLA versus number two, Kentucky. I have Kentucky here beating UCLA. Um, Kentucky, again, Oscar Shibway. You don't call plays, you call players, and he is a player. So I'm going Kentucky and Oscar Shibway, uh, beating UCLA and making it to the last four, and uh, they will take on Gonzaga in that matchup, if that were to be. So our last four teams, Gonzaga versus Kentucky and Arizona versus Iowa. Here is how I have it. Gonzaga beating Kentucky. Too much balance on offense for Gonzaga for Kentucky to handle, and too much uh, Gonzaga is too good on defense. Uh, I think they'll be able to somewhat slow down Oscar Shibway. Chet Holmgren Holmgren will not be able to guard Oscar Shibway. I don't think he's too big. Oscar Shibway is too big, and um, he should be able to eat up um, Chet Holmgren. But they have enough. Gonzaga has enough depth that I think they can walk away with a victory here. So I'm going Gonzaga in that game, even though it might be pretty close. And then Arizona beating Iowa. And the other last four game, and I think Iowa walks away, or excuse me, Arizona walks away with a dub here. Too much balance again on both sides of the ball. Arizona can shoot the lights out, but they can also play down low. Iowa, not a very effective defensive team, and I think it comes back to bite them here more so than it did previously. And I think Arizona walks away with a victory here. So our national championship game, Gonzaga versus Arizona. Drum roll, please. I have Gonzaga, the Zags. Of Gonzaga walking away with the national championship, 85 to 80 over Arizona. I think their talent down low, Chet Holmgren, Drew Timmy, just too much, just a little bit too much for Arizona to handle. And I think they walk away. Mark Few walks away with his national championship with Gonzaga over Arizona. So that's my bracket. You can go check out the bracket. Some of these picks might change depending, you know, on how I feel, you know, Wednesday afternoon or something like that. Just be forewarned, but that is how it is on the podcast. So that is the National Basketball Tournament bracket out into the open and into the air. This took me forever to make. So please listen to the podcast and listen all the way through. Follow along if you'd like. Disagree with me. Tell me why. All that sort of stuff. Give me a call up at Shared Media and tell me why you think I'm wrong. But we shall see who the real victor is. But that's going to be everything. I think we're going to wrap up the the college basketball extravaganza that is this episode and uh, we're going to wrap it there it is finally time for the tournament so we are here 
and it is time to watch college basketball at work. That is where we are now, and that is what we're going to be doing on Thursday and Friday. So thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure you can tune in anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, or excuse me, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all that play, uh, Google Play, not the Google Play Store, but, you know, Google Podcasts. So make sure you tune in wherever you get your podcasts and uh, as well as sharedmedia.com or podcastwyoming.com. We will go back to our regular scheduled program, regular regular scheduled programming next week. Um, back into, you know, MLB offseason, some NFL offseason stuff. MLB is finally back. Thank the Lord. So we can finally talk about that. Spring training will be underway. So we'll get into that next week. But that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast. I have been your host, James Timberlake.